Previously on the Nature of My Game podcast. You better open up the door. We're going to break it down. How long would it take me to make some sort of explosive? If there's an explosion at a, at a tourist hotel, like the, <laughs> the, the Moroccan SWAT team might soon be on its way. But I have my gun like at the ready. So if they do break down the door, like I'm prepared to, to shoot. Before you get any words out, Teddy, the lead guy throws his shoulder into the door and kind of tries to knock you backwards. Is there anything on hand that might be like useful to like bash this guy on the head with something like that? And you like reach behind you and grab this lamp and smack him over the head and he falls back onto the bed. He look you look like you've knocked him out cold. Thank God you're here. This man is this man attacked me. And as soon as the guy hears that the cops are here, he turns and bolts. I'd like to actually go over to the motorcycles, if at all possible, which I assume are still there, like the the ones that the three goons had been in on. And can I cut the handbrakes on all three of them? Can I point the gun at him as like an intimidation? Like not actually shoot it, but just like point it at him? Just hold the gun out and be like, enough. So you, you put it in your ear and you hear someone saying, we've got eyes on her. Funnel her to where we need to get her so that they can take her out. Marrakesh, Morocco, May 11th, 2009. Jeff Holloway, or at least the man who was once Jeff Holloway, stepped off the plane at the Marrakesh airport without taking in much of his surroundings. He had just had a flashback of stepping off a different plane in a different airport nearly 10 years ago. Jeff hadn't thought of that moment in years, and he wasn't sure what was bringing it back to his mind now. That airport had been much smaller, Kirkwall Airport, he thought it was called, and the flight much bumpier, but he was a military man and a bit of turbulence didn't faze him. When he had stepped off that plane, he had been in the prime of his life, fresh off his deployment in East Timur. Jeff walked like a man in the Special Forces, He was one of the most highly trained soldiers in the Royal Navy, and he knew it. He was met at the terminal by a few men who must have been scientists or doctors, and they took his bags, led him to a car, and drove him to the island coast. Only one moment from the car ride returned to Jeff's mind. He heard one of the scientists say, And what misfortune do we have for Jeff? Ah yes, road accident while on leave in Bali. Tough way to go, mate. The man had chuckled, and Jeff remembered laughing too. When was the last time he had laughed? Was it then? The men had led Jeff from the car out onto a stone frigate that had been converted to an oil rig. HMS Proserpine was written on the side. The trip out to the ship had been a blur, even then, and so was most of the rest of the day. Only one other event stuck out clearly in Jeff's mind, a single memory that had barely left Jeff's mind since that day, the moment of his first injection. Now, all these years later, Jeff's life was a whirlwind of flights, pursuits, and death. He came in, found whoever he was looking for, and finished the job. No one knew he had been there, and no one knew where his targets disappeared to. Today's target was a journalist, but Jeff didn't really care. He'd find her, he'd kill her, and then he'd leave. And then he'd be able to get what he cared about most, the only thing that mattered anymore. His next injection.
Have any of you read the book The Historian? Or have you ever heard of the book The Historian? I have not. Yeah, neither. No. <laughs> wow, wow. I, so. <laughs> and the conversation just ends. It's over. <laughs> All right, well, let's get to our chase scene. <laughs> no, surprisingly, I do have a way to, to continue the conversation. So, all right, so The Historian um, was a book that I read in high school. It's by a person named Elizabeth Kostova, and it is about, it kind of blends the true history of Vlad Tepes, um, or Vlad Dracula, who was like a, you know, I think like 15th century Wallachian warlord with the story of Count Dracula. And, you know, people say that the, at least the name, uh, Bram Stoker took the name for Count Dracula from this guy, Vlad, Vlad Dracul. Um, it kind of blends those two. And then it's a, it's a story that takes place over three different timelines of a father and a daughter kind of trying, you know, like looking into this guy, Vlad Tepes, and discovering that he is actually a real vampire and is still around. And then, of course, they get pursued by by this vampire. And so I think for me, like, that was the first real, like, vampire story that I read or really encountered. Like, obviously, I knew about Dracula or, you know, you know, things like that. But that was the first time I was like, oh, I find I actually find this really cool. I also think that was like one of the first, like, quote-unquote horror books that I ever read um, and really, like, kind of got me into it. Um, so how do you all feel about vampires? Are you, like, into vampires? Because I feel like vampires are a thing that some people are, like, into and other people are not. So, yeah, do you like vampires? Or is it? Are you intrigued by them or the, that concept? This is probably embarrassing to admit, but the only time in my life where I've ever been into vampires was when Twilight, like, when Twilight first came <laughs> yes. out. But it ended pretty fast. I didn't make it past the first book, but that was my... Oh, so uh, you, only, you only read the one book? Yeah. Yeah, I also read the first Twilight book. It was fine. <laughs> I didn't hate it. <laughs> I think uh, I think my first vampire experience, if, if it counts, was Banicula. Did you ever read that? <laughs> About like the rabbit that's like a vegetable yes. vampire? A classic yeah. of the Scholastic <laughs> series of books oh, yeah, to get from the book iconic. fair. Yep. Yeah, so that's, I, and, you know, that sets certain expectations for you for what a vampire does and how it behaves. So. They'll be adorable. They'll be small and furry. <laughs> Non-threatening, largely. Uh-huh, yep. Only really a threat to vegetables. Yep. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah I... I I don't want to say I'm not a big vampire guy. Like, I've read Dracula. Um, I in, in college, since I did, like, an English degree, I had a class that was on gothic literature, and so I let, read a bunch of stuff that was adjacent to um, Dracula and that sort of thing as well. Um, but I've always been more of a werewolf person, personally. Uh, mm. Just because that's the that's the classic divide, right? It's, it's either vampires or werewolves, at least... That's what Stephanie Meyer has, has I think, brought I to this. I was going to say, yeah. based on <laughs> my like knowledge, that yes. <laughs> underworld does the same thing. It's vampires versus werewolves. Like, it's this thing that the people have set up. It's like, oh, well, it's vampires or it's werewolves. Does that make you team Jacob over team Edward? Is that, is, I do I have that right? right? I think that's right. I don't know. I think that those are the two names. I know that. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know which was which. I think that that's correct. Team Robert Pattinson versus Team Oh, I can't come up with what's his name. Um, oh, Taylor Lautner. Taylor Lautner, yes. Taylor, yeah, I would be on Team Taylor Lautner, I guess. I think you would be. 
I've always said that. I'm not sure that's the right side to be on, and as as we look back on it now, I'm not. I'm sure. I think that might be the wrong side. I don't know. No, no, I stand by my convictions. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but Katie and Chris, like, are you are you intrigued by the concept? Like, is is it at all of interest to you, or is it just like one book of Twilight, Banicula, and we're gonna call it there? No, I think it's very interesting. Yeah, I, I'm curious. I'd like to know more. <laughs> Tell me more about these vampires. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> I mean, let me just say if you want to watch a truly terrible movie and I'm not I I'm not doing this to plug my own podcast, so I won't I won't do a dr- <laughs> I won't drop my podcast name here. But uh for my podcast I watched uh, a terrible film called Dark Prince the True Story of Dracula, which is Ooh. the same idea. It's like trying to meld the like Vlad the Impaler with the Dracula myth and put them both together. And oh. it's garbage. It's so bad. <laughs> that, that reminds me, I think the last vampire-related cultural experience I had was seeing Van Helsing on TV a couple weeks ago. <laughs> yes, yes, Speaking of yes, movies yes. that don't hold up particularly well. I also watched that movie for my podcast, also because it's not very good. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's not very good and interminable, too, especially yeah, when it's on TV. It's like, yeah, oh, it's I would, couldn't even think of what ad breaks would do to make that movie even, <laughs> oh. even better. And Tommy won't do it, but I. But on behalf of Tommy, I will. I will shout out the School of Schlock podcast, which is Tommy's Tommy's B movie podcast. Well, thank so you. So you should you should all go listen to School <laughs> of Schlock. You know, but you you actually made me think that there's. I actually think that I had a vamp a, a slight vampire experience before I read the historian. Not a real life vampire experience, but my favorite <laughs> short story of all time. I had a, I had a seventh grade teacher who. It didn't really feel like he wanted to teach history that much, or at least the kind of extent to which the amount of content that he had did not seem to last the full seventh grade year. And so he had these like interesting units that he had put together and had been had been um, teaching to students for years. Uh, one of them was like a JFK unit. Um, there's a I don't remember all of them, but one of them for sure was he did short stories. And most of them were kind of like scary short stories, which I was very into. But my favorite one is called One for the Road, which is by Stephen King. Um, And it's a short story that takes place near near and after the plot of Salem's Lot, which is an excellent Stephen King novel that also deals with vampires. So I highly recommend to anybody who is interested in vampires to read both The Historian and Salem's Lot and then One for the Road. And maybe also check out Banicula. And Twilight, <laughs> uh, and the School of Schlock podcast. Yeah, <laughs> but not Van Helsing. <laughs> no, I was gonna say, don't watch any of the movies that I that have been mentioned. Just just read the books. <laughs> so you know, it, I'm sure that that is a t- that this is a total non sequitur back to our game because I'm sure that there will be no actual encounters with vampires in our game. Um, but let's no. let's co- let's come back to to where we left our characters, which was. They are on the trail of a, a journalist for the New York Times, a woman by the name of Olivia Liao, or Leo, and she has fled to Marrakesh, Morocco, trying to evade some pursuers of her. Not sure who exactly they are, but they're trying to trying to get her, and you have been hired to try to get to her first so that you can uh, save her from this situation that she's in. You tracked to her ho- or you tracked her hotel. Um, you've gone inside the hotel and found some interesting documents, which you may or may not have time to look at right at the moment. 
um, because you also got into a bit of a, a scuffle with a few of the hired, local hired goons who were tracking her. You have uh, you've dispatched with them primarily, mostly, but Gavin just heard over the earpiece of one of the goons someone say that they've got eyes on her, uh, assumably Olivia Liao. Uh, they are going to try to box her in so that they can send, I think they just said, so they can send them to collect them. So somebody somebody is set to is set to collect Olivia and the the other people who are working with them are kind of trying to box her in. And so uh, this kind of switches us switches us into a, a, a an actual mode in this game uh, called the thriller chase, um, which is you know obviously a staple of the of the thriller and action genre that this game is trying to um, trying to bring out. And so we're gonna we're gonna be doing this chase uh, using these chase mechanics. But we need to talk about first how you're going to approach the chase, because uh, there are different ways that you can approach it. And so, you know, I think the kind of normal chase rules would say that you're going to use athletics or driving and just try to, like, you know, win the race. Um, you get to her before they get to her. Um, they obviously are in a bit of a lead at the moment. But this also, it, it gives, it provides opportunities to do things like using surveillance to try to kind of track down the trackers and take them out or block them to and try to kind of manage things that way um so i let's let's just have a bit of a conversation like given the given the skill set of this group um and kind of the nature of the situation what do we think your the group's approach to this would be Mm. my first instinct was that we try and uh block the pursuers based on our skill set but i don't know how everyone else is feeling I, I also thought of that, but I, I then remembered that Gavin is quite a skilled driver, and I wonder if we should take advantage of that somehow. Or maybe we could do both. I don't know if that's possible. Yeah, would we be able to... Because my thought was also something like getting to the people who are trying to find her and stopping them, blocking them, taking them out, however we, we want to deal with them. So I, I, in my mind, what I was imagining was trying to track where they are and then like driving to those places. Like I drive, y'all shoot or do whatever needs to be done to stop these people kind of, you know, from the car and or foot if we get get there and you need to get out of the car. But just like, but I don't know if we would be able to tr- like what I'm not clear on is, are there a bunch of different locations we need to go to or several different places we need to go to to stop all of these people or is it one location yeah so so the impression that you got from what was just said over the radio and kind of all of your level of expertise in how something like this might work um is that they are using a maneuver that is called um a floating box and so they have they've got dozens of pairs of eyes on her both ahead and behind and so they're trying to basically like not let her know that she's being watched, but be in constant communication so they can kind of move her into a small enough location that whoever it is that's going to come and try to grab her can come and grab her. Right. And so they're and so it's it's kind of an all around situation where you would have to try to kind of pick people off so that they would kind of as a group lose her. Mm. I mean, it sounds cool doing it that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I think you can. I think we can. I think we could go with surveillance as the quote-unquote like chase ability that you're using. It doesn't mean that you can't use the car, 
right? Like that's mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's that's ob- obviously absolutely allowed. Um, and it you know it could be something where where Gavin is on his moped and the other two are on foot, and you're kind of like circling around and trying to identify and track and and inhibit um, all of these people kind of all at the same time. And the two of you can stealth knock them unconscious or something. Exactly. Who knows what'll happen when you when you actually get her? You might have to. There might be a chase the other way that you have to get out on. So mm. <laughs> true, true. Um, so does so it, it sounds like surveillance is is kind of the 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 direction that we're heading. I'd be okay with that. Yeah, yeah that sounds good. Two of you, good. Yeah. Okay. All right. So let's let's continue to uh, to really bog things down with some real nitty gritty mechanics here. But but let's let's talk for a second about about how this is going to work. So. There, this is the the chase rules are kind of a combination of some of the teamwork rules, and so only one person from the group is going to roll, but everyone else can add to the spend for the roll. And you're going to roll one thing, and I'm going to roll something at the same time for for the uh, the people that you are um, in this case pursuing. And depending on the level of success, you will either get closer to them, or they will get closer to her, and you will get further away. And then we'll kind of, you know, describe what that actually looks like. Also, okay. as we go along, let me know if there's an investigative ability that you kind of want to lean on to try to improve your improve your chances, because there's some different bonuses and things that, that we can do um, if you have a particular investigative ability that you think would be uh, would be particularly helpful particularly helpful in the moment. Okay. Yeah, and so whoever um, you're, you're all going to kind of decide how much collectively you want to spend, and so we'll probably just make like a, a big surveillance pool pool um, for you all. So how much uh, how much surveillance do each of you have? I have six. I'm at four. I still have seven left in my pool. Oh. All right. So that's a that's a pool of seventeen. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah. So basically, the way this is going to work is because the three of you are cooperating on this chase which is the way that the way that it has to be done you're gonna have to spend two points just to do the cooperation and then you can add to it after that and that'll actually add to the die roll um and so kind of you know you have one person who's leading and then the other two are kind of spending a point just to cooperate but then you can then you can spend you can spend further points from your pool to to add to your die roll. And there are also ways to kind of refresh the pool as things go. Um, and so, you know, there, there may be chances for you to, uh, to get a little bit back. So we each spend two in surveillance, you said? Uh, I'm just, we're going to use your full pool of 17. So for okay. each round, it's going to be two points plus whatever you want to add to your roll. Okay. Okay. All right. So, so talk me, talk me through, let's kind of back in character now. You know, the three of you are in this room. There are two unconscious bodies. The other guy has run out of the room. You've got a folder. You've got a manila folder of documents relating to some sort of industrial dig site plus vampiric lore and Wallachian warlords and like ticket stubs and receipts from Romania. Um, and, and so I assume you grab all those things. But and, and then you hear over the radio that they're closing in on Olivia. So kind of uh, from a narrative perspective, like, what are you doing? Like how like how how does this work? How does it look when you when you uh, get out of the room? I think we're all seasoned enough to know like when you know I hold up the earpiece and, and indicate what was just said. I assume we are all on the same page immediately. We know what maneuver these these people are going to be doing. That they're doing this floating box maneuver, and we probably all know that 
one of our options is to essentially break the box by taking out enough people that they can't coordinate it. So, I, I mean, to me, I say we, like, it's it's not completely wordless, but it's sort of a, like, earpiece, tell them what's happening. We all are kind of on the same page running out of the hotel. Uh, and and maybe I, like, get on, like, a moped or something to be like, I'll I'll track two of you, take take them out or something like that. Yeah, and so then do you think uh, are, do you think Fabio and Teddy are going to work together, or are you going to kind of split up and try to uh, to kind of move around the edges? You said it was, like, you know, at least a dozen enemies involved in this maneuver. Maybe we should split up just so we can get them. It feels like time is kind of of the essence here, so maybe we try to get them separately, do it as quickly as we can. Yeah. Sounds good. So Gavin hops on his moped and kind of speeds off. Maybe he's going to kind of try to, to go on the far end and come back around. And Teddy and Fabio start sprinting off down the down the narrow cobblestone alleyways of this area of Marrakesh. Like you, you were in this in this large market square and you're now like heading deeper into the actual city through the streets. Um, so let's start out by um, how much do you how much do you want to spend on this on this first roll? Um, you've got a pool of 17. You're going to have to spend two, but do you want to add anything else to that? I know how much the, your, the, the other people are going to spend. How much do you all want to spend? I think we should spend a decent amount to get a nice start here. Start? Okay. So we're, we're thinking like at least three? Yeah, I was thinking like three yeah. or four. Okay. Okay. Do you want to do three or four? I'm good with either, either one. Let's do three. Yeah. Okay. I'm fine with that. I would guess that, that... Gavin is kind of the watcher and the the kind of you know surveillance expert. You're probably running point here, right? And you, maybe you all kind of threw earpieces in now because you probably had those available to you. Maybe you all you, all three of you throw earpieces in now as you go so that you can kind of coordinate your movements. And you've kind of all fallen into you know a lot of this is based on instinct now. You've all done this before. You maybe even have done it together, and you're kind of moving and communicating in sync. Uh, but I'm going to go ahead and say that uh, that Gavin is the lead of this of this maneuver, and the other two of you are are kind of um, supporting in that. And so, uh, so Gavin, why don't you uh, why don't you go ahead and give me a roll? Are you spending three in addition to the two, or three including? Yeah, the two? it was in three. I think the play, the idea was three in addition to the two. Just All right, so yeah, so totally drops five. Your pool, drops your pool down to twelve. But why don't you go ahead and give me a roll? Okay. Uh, I rolled a four, so a seven total. All right, so that is a success, and they also got a success. Uh, but your success is bigger than their success, which means that, yeah. So you, so the the lead drops by one. So you 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 start to inch closer to them, you know. And I think I think uh, you know maybe Gavin drives up, um, and he's got an eagle eye for knowing who the people are that are part of this pursuit. And so he starts kind of calling back to you locations. He says, "Oh, there's one. There's one over there by that cafe. Um, and there's, you know, there there's one that's kind of walking along this narrow alley. And he's giving you precise directions. And uh, Teddy and Fabio are going over and like, you know, maybe you like sneak around an alleyway and like throw a punch at one of them to kind of or drag them back into the alley. Um, or maybe you, you know, you grab a, a thing of hot water off the off a table at a cafe and splash it into somebody's face." But you have you have cut the lead down. <laughs> I'm imagining myself watching that, like watching these people that I'm marking just disappearing, <laughs> occasionally, <laughs> just like being pulled back or <laughs> falling. 
Exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, so so that's so that's the end of round one. Uh, what do you want to spend in round two? Um, you 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 know you've you started to gain on them. You've you've found a few of them, and you you can feel like you're you're in the box now, right? Like you're in the midst of the floating box. Hmm. I mean, do we want to do the same thing, roughly? We could. We could spend basically it would be five more points in total, right? Two for the co-op and three three on the maneuver. Oh, do we spend two each time we cooperate, or was that just at the beginning? Uh, let's say it's just at the beginning, because that seems like okay. it. And I don't, I don't know whether I know the that rules, and that better. seems aggressive, so... Okay, let's say <laughs> so that we'd be down to nine. <laughs> All right, so, yeah, yeah, we could just spend three again. I'd be okay yeah. with that. All right. All right, go ahead and roll, and I will roll as well. Okay. Uh, that was, I rolled a three, so a six in total. All right, and uh, they also got a six. And so, why don't uh, why don't you uh, somebody describe to me like what do you do to take one of these guys out? Why don't I say I call out that there's like one by one near that exotic fruit vendor that <laughs> I've been to earlier <laughs> in the day, and I'll let one of the two of you figure out what you want to do to that person. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, you just grab some. We're like lar- like a pineapple, like something unforgiving. Like a large melon. Looking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a melon. Just start bashing them with it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so you so you take a guy out uh, by bashing his head in with a melon. Um, <laughs> but meanwhile, Teddy, you're like you uh, you find somebody and they they like look over their shoulder and they see you and they like try to kind of like duck down an alleyway and you chase you chase them along the alley maybe you do a little parkour up against the wall but they like they like run out into an open square um kind of out exit the alleyway and you're chasing them and this like this entertainer who's like controlling a dancing monkey the 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 entertainer like loses control of the leash and the monkey runs out and trips you um and the guy the the person you were pursuing gets away so so everything remains uh all square here going into round three so you didn't gain but you didn't lose on them okay oh boy three more or do we do you know we're at what nine points left do we yeah. keep kind of right in the middle do we get more aggressive do we pull back in case the chase goes on for longer and we need more points later yeah we don't know how long the how how many rounds we have no i don't think so no i don't know maybe we get more aggressive with it i feel yeah. like we need to gain something yeah, I, I'm worried that if we go less, we will not succeed, and at which point, you know... It's... We also don't know what their pool of points looked like, right? right? We have no idea how much, you know, Eric is going to be able to continue to spend, etc. So, uh, I, I mean, we could do three one more time, bring us down to six, and then if we need to be, kind of be more conservative with the next few rounds, drop it to one or two each round. Okay. Yeah, I like that. Okay. Spend of three... Uh, go mm-hmm. ahead and roll. Oh, I'm so anxious. I feel like I'm going to let you guys down <laughs> if I roll badly here. I rolled a one. I cursed myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, the three of you continue to pursue um, and, you know, you're you're trying to spot people and you're really struggling. You know, you're there's... There's just so much commotion in this part of Marrakesh. You know, there's like three wheel, you know, those like three wheeled carts that have like lots of grain on the back of them, like speeding down these alleys and you have to like push yourself up against a wall so they don't get run over. And then, you know, motorbikes zoom down places, you know, and there, you know, there's people out doing normal things in Marrakesh too. Like they're, you know, they're like slapping rugs out, 
it's just it's very crowded and you're having trouble kind of especially because many of the watchers are locals it's really hard to to distinguish who anybody is um and so for for you know you're you're kind of running around for a little while not totally sure who even the watchers are you know you've taken a few out but you're having you're struggling to find them again and that's representative of the fact that the lead has gone back up uh by one shit <laughs> so we move on to round four uh we have six points left i feel like being conservative is not really an option for us <laughs> i know but, i kind of want to spend all six but <laughs> or maybe uh, i don't know maybe three again three and three four and two you want to do three again or i feel like maybe four and two strategy is not a bad bad idea uh, i i would be fine with that if we want to go four and two really go big or go home type of a situation let's do it all right let's hope we don't go home all right yeah, you can roll first. Spending four. <laughs> All right. Yep. All right. Well, that was probably wise because I rolled a two, a six in total. Uh, I rolled a one, and because you had failed two rounds in a row, I only spent one. So that's a failure, which means uh, that you gain two on them. Ooh. Ooh. And so one thing I for sure picture is that there's there's a couple of them that are kind of like working in tandem. And Teddy's like trying to like push through the crowd to get to them, and she's really struggling to get through the crowd. And she like jumps up and like pulls herself up on one of those like ironwork balconies, and like pulls herself over the top, and then jumps from one to the other into another balcony, and then down off into the street and right in front of the two, and then just gives them both kind of like swift punches to the face and knocks <laughs> them out. I love it. Nice. <laughs> Um, any any other any other things that you're doing to so you you're, you end up rounding up a few more of these of these uh, of these watchers. I I desperately want one of you to take one of them out with a Moroccan rug, like a rolled up rug, <laughs> <laughs> like they're walking by a rug vendor or something, just like like a taquito or something. Just yeah, roll them just, up. Just, <laughs> just roll them up. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Well, and I think Gavin like probably sees one like riding down on a motorbike himself, and like you know, like kind of skids and like knocks the motorbike aside, and they like fly into the fly into the wall of a building nearby. All right, so so we are into round we are into round five now, and what you notice at this point is that they are starting to get uh, more aggressive. They're they're doing less trying to avoid you and more trying to physically stop you from getting anywhere. And so um, at, at one point you see a couple people like pushing this like like run down old American cart and like push it in the in the way of where of where Gavin's going. And so you have to like swerve out of the way. And y yeah, you see like a couple of them have like started to climb up to the rooftops and are like jumping from rooftop to rooftop trying to, to kind of increase the lead. Uh, and get to this person because you you can tell that things are getting are getting close. So how much would you like to spend? We have two left. Are we spending two? Yeah, I think we might as well. After this, it'll be flat rolls. So oh, I, boy. Yeah, I, I guess we just spend the two, huh? <laughs> All right. Rolled a three, so a five. Not too bad. Uh, I also rolled a three, so also a five. And so, you know, you, you continue to pursue. You can tell that they're getting more anxious, that they're, that they're starting to close in. And you can also, you also notice that the sun is starting to, starting to set. Uh, it's starting to get darker as you're, as you're doing this chase, so it's harder to see particular people. And 
Gavin, you you kind of you turn the corner um, of one alleyway and start like speeding down a, a kind of main street, and someone sprinting down an alleyway like appears in the main street and like dives and throws a shoulder into you and knocks you off the bike and the bike kind of goes skittering and you like fly into a market stall and like you're all reasonably you're all like relatively close to one another and you like you probably hear gavin in the earpiece like get flung off this bike and so you start moving uh toward this spot and once you're, when you're able to kind of look at this person, you see that he's dressed in casual street, street clothes, like you almost would have mistaken him for a tourist at first glance. But he has close-cropped hair, he's clean-shaven, he looks like a military man, and, you know, based on his physique, looks like an elite one, like, you know, maybe, uh, maybe special ops or something like this. And you've just seen this guy kind of leap off of, like, leap at a, at a moving motorbike and knock Gavin off of it. Gavin, you kind of are, like, trying to right yourself. You've just been knocked off this motorbike. And you kind of see him kind of prowling around you, looking like he's wanting to attack. But you do notice something in particular, is that he seems to be avoiding direct sunlight whenever possible. Weird. <laughs> um, <laughs> is it because he will sparkle when he's in the in the sunlight? Is that what they... <laughs> don't they sparkle in the, in the light? I think that's right. I've heard that. So we are going. <laughs> we are going to. We are going to shift into combat mode here, and so because none of you have weapons drawn at the moment, we're, this is all going to be everybody's hand to hand. Your full pool uh, rating. So uh, remind me of those again, Fabio. Yours is a six. Six. Yeah. Okay. Teddy is a four. Mm-hmm. Gavin is a one. Mm-hmm. All right, so, um, you know, the first thing that happens here is that he's kind of stalking around Gavin, and he pulls out a uh, this, like, baton with a handle on it, like a, a handle that's, like, perpendicular to the, to the actual baton itself, and starts kind of flicking it around his hand. But then he sees, um, he sees Teddy and Fabio kind of rush over, and Gavin's on the ground, and he, like, does a quick evaluation of Fabio and Teddy to try to figure out who he thinks is the is the toughest combatant, and he moves toward Fabio um, and goes to goes to attack you. Uh, so that's a seven. He's moving like a like a special ops person, but potentially his reflexes seem even quicker. Like he he seems like a like someone who's almost genetically modified. And he like closes in on you quickly and like hits you with this thing, and it deals uh, it deals five points of damage. Oh boy! Um, so what are you at? I'm at zero. <laughs> oh boy! Assuming uh, I haven't <laughs> recovered my two from before. Yeah, you didn't really you didn't really have time to recover, um, and so let me let me read you the consequences <laughs> of being at zero. All right, so it says to you, the first thing you have to do is make a consciousness roll to see whether you fall unconscious. Mm -hmm. And so you roll a die with the absolute value of your current health pool as your difficulty. Um, And so your current health pool is at zero. And so you're going to you're going to automatically make this check. Um, And so you're just at zero right now. And you don't actually even have to actually make the roll. But you are what's considered hurt. You have no permanent injury beyond grazes, few superficial cuts or bruises. 
but all of your all of the difficulty numbers for all of your tests increase by one because you're just you're you're very worn down um, at this point. Okay, sounds good. I mean, not good, but could be worse. Uh, but you are you are up now. Nice. Okay. Yes, you are up, and you're you know, I think probably different than in the hotel room. There's obviously more people around, but you also feel like your life is significantly more threatened, as is the life of Olivia Leo. So, what would you like to do? Can I draw a weapon and immediately use it, like my pistol or whatever? Absolutely, you can. Then I will certainly be doing that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, how much do you want to spend in shooting? Oh, I have six. I feel like this is right on the edge for me. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I'm going to spend three. Well, and so so also remember that you're 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 trying to like the amount that you hit above their hit threshold. Like there's there's no there's no like better success, but also remember mm-hmm. that you all of your difficulties are plus one right now because you're hurt. So whatever his hit threshold is, you actually have to hit one higher than that to be successful. Yeah, I'll do three then. Okay. Uh, seven. Well, four plus the three. So you you pull out you you reach into your puffy jacket and you he like has whacked you over the head with this thing and you like reach into your puffy jacket and and take a shot and he tries to dive out of the way but you do you you do make grazing contact so why don't you go ahead and give me a um give me a damage roll this is gonna be plus one on your d6 ooh five yeah so you 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 definitely you you definitely uh connected on the shot um and you can see that his arm's bleeding a little bit. Um, which, which also means that his arm's bleeding, so he's not—he's at least not a full vampire because he is bleeding. <laughs> <laughs> but then another person steps into view. This person you oh, all great. see and is also clearly avoiding direct sunlight. And this is a this is a, a Romanian woman. Uh, it's hard to tell her age, and she has a head covering that's kind of casting shadows over her face, so it's even hard to to see her very clearly. And she kind of looks directly at Fabio without really breaking eye contact and is like chanting some sort of some some words. She's going to cast a spell on you. That seems good. (laughs) It's got to be a good thing. (laughs) All right. So she succeeds and you just hear this voice. You just hear this voice in your head, Fabio, and it says, Kill the Brit, <laughs> and you. So you are being compelled to to shoot Gavin. Oh no! I thought you said there was no hypnosis in this game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come on. <laughs> one of one of the two people is a sorceress. The other one is not. <laughs> That's fair. It's very fair. Um, so so I'm going to need you to make a a stability check, and you can choose how many points you want to want to spend on the stability check. But you either have to succeed, or you're going to be compelled to do this thing. Is there any like relatively plausible chance of getting stability points back, or are they just going to be gone? The ways that you can get stability points back are yeah you can so you can refresh one point by drawing strength from your symbol. Mm-hmm. You can refresh two points after a six-hour normal interaction with your solace. You can refresh two points by giving into an addictive disorder. Oh, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> if you if you want to go down that route, but yeah, you can you can automatically refresh one by just um, drawing strength from your symbol. All right, I'll spend three 
of my six. <laughs> All right, go ahead and roll. Uh, I rolled a five, so perhaps a bit generous. <laughs> <laughs> a five total or a five? Uh, I, an eight total. Okay, okay, yeah. So you you are able to withstand this compulsion to turn and shoot Gavin. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, and Teddy, you are you are up. You have seen um, you have seen Gavin be knocked off his motorbike uh, by this this special ops guy. Um, you've seen him hit Fabio over the head with his with his uh, his um, his baton. You've seen Fabio pull out a gun and start shooting, and you've also seen this woman come. Um, the you didn't you have no idea what actually happened to Fabio, but you you do know that something weird is happening with her. What would you like to do? Uh, I'd probably like to take a shot at the at the guy who attacked Fabio in the hopes that it also breaks the concentration of the the lady that seems focused on Fabio. Sounds good. So you you also pull out your your handgun. How many points would you like to spend in shooting? I'll spend three on shooting. All right, go ahead and roll. Oh, one. Ugh. All right, that's actually still enough uh, to hit a hit threshold of four. Um, so go ahead and roll me damage. D6 plus one. Five plus one. Oh wow! All right, so you you take another shot and it like it. You hit you hit him like right in the like meaty part of the thigh, and you can see that he he like kind of buckles for a second, and is like definitely wounded from that. Gavin, you're on the ground. You've seen all this happen. What do you do? Which one of them is clo- which of the two um, definitely not vampire people is closest to me? <laughs> um, yeah. So so the woman has just kind of emerged from that same alleyway that the guy ran down and jumped from to to knock you off. So he so the the guy is probably closest, and he's he's like kind of distracted because he's like looking down at this bullet wound that's in his leg. Okay. What I'd like to try to do is to grab this gentleman and pull him into the sunlight. Don't, like, not make an attack on him, but just grab him and pull him into the brightest, like, ray of sun that, that is nearby that I can. Yeah, absolutely. Let's do a, uh, let's do a, uh, an athletics or a hand-to-hand check, whichever of those that you would prefer. I know neither of those is particularly good for you, but... Athletics is better. Okay. Athletics is at least a three, and I haven't spent anything from it yet. So um, I will spend two. I rolled a two, so a four total. All right. So you you reach over and uh, and try you like crawl over and try to like grab him and pull him into the direct sunlight, and he um, he shrugs you off and kind of kicks you out of the way, and then like raises his baton and sl- tries to slam it down on you this time. Oh no. It's not good. And so that is a hit for four points of damage as he smacks you across the face with this baton. Oh, I no. dropped a negative two health points. Uh, all right, so make me a consciousness roll, which is a, a stability check uh, difficulty two. Okay. So that's just going to be a flat a flat roll, with, or I could spend sp- stability points to boost it. Yes, though. Let me make sure. Did I say? Am I right about stability, or is it a uh, is it a health check? Yeah. So it's a, yeah. It's a it's a it's a health check. Okay. Um, so if you want to spend points from your health pool, you can to try to succeed on the check, but you would then be you know dropping your health down even further um, as part of that. Which would just so, make the check harder. I, I feel like there'd be no point to that because well, so <laughs> it's so so it, so the difficulty it stays. Yeah, it stays at two, um, but then after the fact, you would then lose a couple more points if you if you chose to do that. 
Okay. I'll just make it a flat check. It's a two, so as long as I don't roll a one, I'll be okay. The suspense. I rolled a one. Oh no. <laughs> so so the, the this guy's baton cracks down on Gavin's head and knocks him out cold and he's kind of slumped up slumped against uh, up against the, the side of the, the nearby building. And at that point, um, this guy drops the uh, the baton he was holding and pulls out a firearm himself and kind of looks around and says, You sure you wanna keep holding on to those? But Fabio, you are up, so you make you make your you make your call. So what? <laughs> when they entered the picture, is he like? Are they trying to just get rid of us now, or is it they're not trying to run away or anything, right? So the impression that you get is that the two of these these two people are probably the people who would have been hired to collect Olivia, right? And so they've decided that they're going to try to get you out of the way first before, you know, before collecting her. Like, they, they decided that they they were worried about whether they were going to get to her first, so they decided to kind of take you on instead. Right. Okay. Mm. I don't have any time or materials around to create an explosive device, do I? Um, if you want to make a pretty difficult preparedness roll and then a, and then an explosive device roll, you could you could theoretically put something quickly together like a Molotov cocktail or something like that. Are they both close together? Uh, they are, but there's no way that you'd be able to hit both of them and not any yeah. of your allies. Okay, yeah. I'm going to stick with shooting for now, I think. Wait, Chris, before you go, can I ask a question? Yeah. Are we able, are Chris and I able to cooperate on taking this guy down or no? We have to go one at a time. You do have to go one at a time, yes, but it, but, um, I mean, the, you know, the, the damage that you're doing to him is all piling up together. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I certainly want to train our fire on this guy because I feel like he's wounded and he's really about to fuck us up, Frank. He's already in the process of fucking us up. So if I were to do the preparedness role, I know it's going to be difficult. Like, just as a, like a mechanics question, is there any chance I would get those back later? Because I only have four preparedness. Yeah, refreshes are are tough in this game. You, you know, it, it doesn't. They don't. They don't come. They don't come by very often. Yeah. Um. So it's it's not it's not impossible. Um. But you would you would kind of have to go out of your way to try to do that. Now, if you think you know, this is a little metagamey, but. Whenever 24 hours of game time elapses since the last expenditure, you get a you get a refresh on athletics, driving, hand to hand, piloting, shooting, and weapons. And so, like tomorrow, you know, you would, if, the, if if for some reason there is some sort of kind of break in the action, mm-hmm. but you're not going to get that. You're certainly not going to get them back in the midst of trying to save Olivia. Right. And preparedness is kind of harder to get back anyway. Right. All right. I'll stick to shooting. I'm going to spend two shooting, so I'll just be down to one. Yeah, and I'm just going to shoot at this guy again. Sounds good. So I rolled a six, including the two. All right, so that is a hit. So go ahead and roll me damage. D6 plus one. <sighs> two. Two total? Yeah. All right, so you, you take another shot at this guy. Um, you know, he, he moves, he kind of moves out of the way. Like, he tries to make it look nonchalant, but, like, you can tell that he's, he's definitely hurting. Um, you know, he's been shot twice. He's not immune to these bullets. Like they, he is, he is definitely hurting. Mm-hmm. 
And as you as you take a shot, as it becomes clear that you're not standing down, the woman rushes towards you and she pulls out a knife and goes to, to stab you. And, you know, even though she tried to use some sort of mental tricks on you before, um, she is not incapable of, of also fighting you hand to hand. She rushes over um, to try to stab you. Um, and that is a success. <laughs> and so she deals four points of damage. Ooh. So what are you at now? Minus four. All right, so you're you're still you're still hurt, but I need you to make a consciousness roll, and the difficulty here is four. So, I, I, can I spend or no? Is it not really worth it? You can spend once you get to negative six. You've been seriously wounded, and um, you basically can't fight anymore. You're not dead, but you can't you can't go on, and so that's at negative six. That's a four. Oh, yeah, I'll spend one to go to negative five. So you're at negative five, okay. Uh, and I'll roll. Three. Three total? The, I just rolled a three. What's the modifier on there? Oh, and you, you, you spent one, so you add, you, you, that oh. goes up to a four. Yes, so it's a four, yeah. Uh, which means that you do not fall unconscious because the difficulty <laughs> was the negative four you're at. So you're now at negative five, but you are okay. still conscious and can still act. <laughs> oh, thank God. Thank goodness. Jeez, that's when you said three, my heart sank. Oh, man. And now, Teddy, you are up. You're kind of, you're now kind of off to the side because, um, you know, this woman rushed at Fabio and, and went to stab him and, and did so. And then the, you know, the guy, the the other guy holding the gun is kind of pointing it between the two of you. He definitely, I mean, like, you know, you can tell he's trying to put on a tough front, but he's hurt. Um, the, the guy that tackled Gavin off the bike and that is holding the gun. Uh, so what would you like to do? So the so how, I'm just thinking through the scene. The the lady has the knife pulled on Fabio and she's far, she's farthest away from me? She She and Fabio and the guy are all kind of... They're all basically the same distance from you. I mean, for all that for all that it matters. Okay. Okay. I feel like I'm gonna end up shooting either way. I'm just trying to figure out who I shoot at. If I take my shot at the lady, or I kind of want to get rid of the guy. Yeah. If we have a chance to, like, if you might be able to kill this guy or incapacitate him, that means it becomes a two-on-one situation. It's one less person doing damage to both of you. I feel like. If you can take the guy out of action, it would be hugely beneficial. Okay, so let me try and take this guy out, and I take a shot at him. All right, let me know how much you want to spend. You you know, based on hitting him before, that uh, his 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 hit threshold is four. So, spending three would be a guaranteed hit for you. Uh, I'll spend I'll spend two. Okay. Ooh, and I rolled a three, so plus two five. All right, so you 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 fire a shot. It rings out and it hits into him. Go ahead and roll damage. D six plus one. Six plus one. Oh. Ooh. Ooh. So Teddy lines up a shot, and she's like in her mind. She's like running through the different scenarios. She knows that uh, she knows that this woman has a knife on Fabio, and that he's in you know he's in really bad shape right now. But you think maybe the guy is the bigger threat and he's also hurt pretty bad and so you you make the decision and you fire a shot and it hits him in the it hits him in the side it like hits him in the chest and you can see that he's like kind of like gasping for breath and he 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 like looks over at you and you see that he's just like 
he's staring at you, and you would think that he would be either mad or scared or, you know, having some sort of, like, emotional reaction. But when you look into his eyes, he looks totally blank. Like, he's just, like, a pure kind of automaton that's just, like, following orders. But he's so badly wounded that he, like, starts backing up and, like, trying to, like, find an alley that he can escape down. Fabio, you are up. So he's still alive, but he's sort of easing away from us. Yeah. Mm. I think I will turn my attention to the one who's right on me. Okay. And I think I'll just go hand to hand. Just, you know, try to, I don't know, give her a swift kick or something. I'll spend okay. two. Okay, remember that hand to hand hand to hand is minus two on damage. Oh, if yeah. you, like, use the butt of your gun, that'd be minus one, and then the gun itself is plus one. If that affects your decision making at all. If I use the butt of the gun, is that a weapons check? Yeah. Hmm. I only have two left in weapons. I'll do hand-to-hand, and I'll spend two. Okay. It's a three total. Three total is a miss, so you, you like, you, like, try to step away from her and, like, get, get some distance between yourself and the knife, but you're, you know, you're, you're pretty badly wounded at this point, and you, like, try to throw a punch, but you just don't have the speed that you normally have, and she, she dodges out of the way. And so she kind of, she takes a step back and kind of turns her attention towards Teddy and starts chanting some words again. And Teddy, you hear in your mind, finish him for me. And that is where we are going to end our story for right now. Oh, no. (laughs) This is going to end with Teddy murdering both of us. (laughs) (laughs) End of season. Yep, that's it. (laughs) End of season. This podcast was created using Knight's Black Agents, written by Kenneth Height and published by Palgrain Press, and is based on an adventure written by Gareth Ryder Hanrahan called The Harker Intrusion. The podcast also uses material from The Dracula Dossier, written by Kenneth Height and Gareth Ryder Hanrahan and music from Dustin Mirrors, written by James Semple. All of these are used under the Pelgrane Press Limited Community Use Policy. Our intro music was composed and produced by Jean-Luc Bouchard. You can find more information about the nature of my game podcast at NOMG Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, or at nomgpodcast.com. 